And then the paternal side made no sense. None of the names matched what I knew. None of the names matched what my mom had told me for 40 years. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 183. And today I am speaking with Jess. Hi, Jess. Hello, Lily. It's so nice to meet you. You too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for doing this today. We are going to get right into your story because I don't know anything about you other than that you are an NPE, correct? Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Okay. So on this podcast, we normally start with getting to know you and your family of origin and a little bit about what your childhood was like. So why don't you go ahead? Okay, perfect. So I was born in 1977 in a small town in Idaho. And I was born into a family with one older half-brother and one younger, well, I guess he came along two years later, silly me. And um, and it was my mom and, and a very abusive birth certificate father. My stepdaddy came around when I was three years old, which was a great blessing to all of us. And he was a very loving father and who I call dad to this day. Um, Like I said, he came into my life when I was three. But at that point in my life, my birth certificate father wanted uh, time with, with us. And interestingly enough, mostly with me. And I had to endure very harsh abuse from him. And it was mostly directed at me, like I said, and not my younger brother, who was his biological father as well. My older brother was from my mom's first husband, who she had when she was 16. And my mom worked full-time. My stepdad worked full-time. And my older brother, who's seven years older than me, spent many hours taking care of me and my little brother. Me and my little brother are only two years apart. And like I said, thank goodness for my stepfather. He um, helped fight against my birth certificate father. He attempted to adopt me numerous times. And my birth certificate father never showed to any court appearances. He was also very abusive during times that he had custody of us. And eventually, uh, my stepdad and my mom essentially won, so to speak, in court. And I had to testify as a witness in a trial at a very young age. I believe I was eight years old. And um, my daddy was a very hardworking man and took great care of the three of us. He's very frugal. My parents didn't make a ton of money, but uh, 
you know, we raised our own food, we raised our own meat. In other words, we were very resourceful. And he even put me in custody, or not custody, excuse me, he even put me in therapy uh, while I was going through the custody battle. And, uh, you know, was all, I just always made sure that I was taken care of and that as a family, we were always taken care of. I was able to go to school in this small town, you know, K through 12, and for the most part was raised in the same home. And basically it was all due to my stepdaddy. Did you call your stepdad daddy growing up? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So since I met him when I was three years old, it was easy, right? It was, it was simple. It was seamless for me. Unbeknownst to me at the time, my dad had, you know, as a young girl, I was just kind of focused on me and my little family, right? So I didn't think about my dad having a relationship before he came and saw my mom or, you know, married my mom. And so I actually have two stepbrothers from his previous marriage as well. And, you know, later on found out, you know, about some resentment from those two because my dad kind of took us on, so to speak, as his as his main family. But from my point of view and from, you know, my two brothers' point of view, we had a very kind of simple, um, kind of kind of farming a little bit, like, you know, like I said, how we raised our own food and things like that. And so like my graduating class was less than 70 kiddos. Uh, so it was simple. You know what I mean? Once I felt like I went through the therapy and stuff, I felt good. When my parents, quote, won that trial, my birth certificate father did actually end up in prison and multiple counts of abuse with multiple kids. And he had previous relationships as well that he had abused those kiddos as well. And he was in prison um, most of my adult life. In fact, (laughs) he was just released from prison four years ago. So in late 70s. For child abuse? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And so that was um, a consolation a little bit, you know, knowing that he was in prison and not available, if that makes sense. Um, And I was born in the same town that his parents lived in and near where actually my dad was raised, which is kind of ironic. But in that whole valley, you know, there's probably four or five towns that are really popular and we were always really close to both sets of grandparents and that kind of thing. So, so your, even though your dad was in prison, his were his parents still acting in the grandparent role? Not really. No. Oh no. For the most part, we spent most of the time with my dad's parents. So not my birth certificate father's parents, to be clear, and my mom's parents, absolutely. And then you know the cousins that came with those both sides of those families. Did you ever? get any warning signs that you were an NPE when you were a child? So funny that you ask. Um, I was always curious about information about my birth certificate father. And it was always, you know, if I asked my mom, I couldn't really ask my stepdad, right? I couldn't ask my dad about it. Um, it, it was very quick to want to be swept. It was very you know, like, oh, why would you even want to talk about that? You know, just focus on the good things and thing, you know, things like that. And so, but I would, I would always have questions about, you know, why are my eyes shaped differently? Or 
I don't look like my two brothers. It's interesting. My two brothers have two different fathers, but yet they have similar features to to one another, very similar features to one another. I always thought it was kind of interesting. I'm taller than my brothers. And I always thought that that was kind of fascinating. I'm much taller than my own mom. And there were just always things that I was curious about. I, I mean, even to the point where I was looking up my birth certificate father's prison record and looking into, you know, what does he look like? And I was even to the point where I was looking at his booking photo. Do I look like him? You know, so yes, I was curious, but I didn't think that I had to question it. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I didn't maybe want to question it. I was concerned for a while that I had a mental illness. Like I said, my birth certificate father was very abusive and had a case, or no, excuse me, had a history of mental illness. And I was very worried for many years, even when I got married and shared with my husband, that I would inherit that mental illness. And um, very worried. I mean, to the point where I thought I needed to go to therapy when I was older and just make sure that I was tested correctly, things like that. Since my birth certificate father was in prison, felt like I didn't have access to a lot of his medical and health information. And so when I was filling out medical forms, many times I really didn't know what to put. And I would just call my mom and just ask her, okay, tell me about this, you know, from my birth certificate father. And and of course she was guessing to some degree as well. Right. Yeah. You probably didn't keep in contact with him then since of the child abuse and he was in prison. Correct. I did not. Yes. How terrible. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Jess, how did you find out you were an NPE? It was very interesting. And there's probably a couple things to note regarding the background of when I found out. So the first thing I should mention is that I moved to Texas. I've only lived in two states my entire life, and that's Idaho and Texas. And I moved to Texas the week between Christmas and New Year's of 2019. And we all know what happened in the spring of 2020. So (laughs) it was just, excuse me, we moved to Texas the Christmas between 2018. I'm sorry. So we lived in Texas for a full year. Then Christmas of 2019, my mother-in-law bought me a DNA test. And I should probably also mention that my daddy passed away from cancer about a month after we moved to Texas. Mm. In fact, my parents had airline tickets to come to Texas and look at our new home, and my dad never made it. And so he passed away in February of 2019. So I was in a new state. I had just lost my daddy. Um, I had only lived in Idaho for 41 years. And so I was getting to know my new surroundings. I was getting to know my new schedule, taking care of my young kiddos. And, but I'm still curious about my medical background. And also at this point, I have two kiddos of my own. My husband has two kiddos from his previous marriage. And so When you know their medical information was easy to figure out, right? And so, when I would take my little ones to the doctor, you know, I was always curious about their their paternal background, and so from their mama's side, and so I wanted to get that information. And my mother in law, 
sweet and kind lady that she is, she bought me a DNA test for Christmas. And I got the results back in February of 2020. And it was less than a month to the day that the world shut down after I got my results. So I am uh, sitting at home. So I'm in Texas and we had just had some friends from Idaho at the house. And it's important to mention this because there's a connection there, there, which is kind of ironic. The friends that we had at our house were lifelong friends of my husband and I's. And they actually work with my newfound family. So that's kind of interesting. So I got my DNA results in the app on a Friday afternoon, chose to ignore the results until Sunday when my friends flew back to Idaho because I wanted to give them my full attention. Sunday evening, I decided to open up the app and check the results. And I'm very new to this and to the app. And so I was even to some point kind of trying to figure out what was what and maybe questioning, you know, whether there was a learner error there. (laughs) And so I was looking at the maternal side and of course everything made sense. And I had a few cousins on there and a lone aunt that I hadn't talked to in a while, but of course I knew who she was. And then the paternal side made no sense. None of the names matched what I knew none of the names matched what my mom had told me for 40 years. It was very interesting. It was like kind of shocking, but almost like, oh, this must be, this must be a mistake. And so my husband was actually upstairs watching sports and I I went in and I was like, babe, check this out. And he's like, well, honey, you know, DNA doesn't lie. And I'm like, what should I do? And he goes, well, you need to call your mom. And so I call my mom, who's still in Idaho, and I'm like, mom, do you know this name? And she says, oh, yeah, I dated that guy for for a little bit when I was younger. And I said, well, mom, I said, remember that DNA test that that my mother-in-law bought me? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, I got the results back. And she's like, oh. And it was very quick and it was very short and the mood changed and Unbeknownst to me, she had answered the phone on speakerphone and my aunt was sitting with her and my aunt is laughing in the background. And so there's obviously some information that maybe my aunt knew, I don't know, or maybe she knew that name and was just laughing because she knew the history there. I'm not sure. But long story short, I was like, well, if you dated this guy, then obviously there must be something there. And so um, it wasn't really into talking about it, but I don't know if it was just because she was so surprised herself and she was like, that can't be. So we hung up. And then of course, what do I do? What everybody does. I went to Facebook and I found people that were on the tree and I looked them up and get this. One of the mutual friends was my friend that had just left for the airport. Mm. Those two, uh, my mutual friend, (laughs) works with my sister, my new sister that I never had. So remember, I was raised with an older brother and a younger brother. And I'm now looking at a family tree that contains three brothers, three new brothers, one new sister, one new father, and one new grandfather. And my grandfather at the time was, well, he passed away when he was 98. And I've known him for four years. So what a blessing that I got to meet him. And took me three days to 
In fact, I was almost to the point of calling a paternity lawyer and seeing if I needed to get a second opinion. I was just so convinced it was wrong. I just couldn't believe that it could be right because of everything I was told for years and years and years. And it took me about three days to finally click the button that lets them know that I now know. If that makes sense? Mm-hmm. I called my mutual friend and I said, do you know this person who's supposed to be my sister. And she says, yes, she's beautiful, just like you. (laughs) And she has big eyes and she's funny and she's smart. And she goes, you guys kind of look like each other. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. What a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. So I did get three brothers, but there's something about a sister that you've never had and you've always wanted. And so that was pretty great. My um, actual birth certificate father, because <laughs> as we all know, now our birth certificates are completely inaccurate, right? Right. What an interesting thing to have a record that is supposed to be so accurate and it's completely wrong. Just have always found that fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's I just understand that, Lily. <laughs> it's just a this government piece of paper and it's just, it's wrong, but it has this right? seal on it. Like it's, yes. And it's completely inaccurate. Yeah. And we're supposed to use it for everything, but yes. Um, so it was kind of a weird time, like I said, because I found out in February of 2020 and I was able to get a hold of my sister and I was able to get a hold of my, my real biological father. And all of a sudden it was like, we want to meet you and we want to come visit and we'll come down to see you. And I don't care that it's a pandemic and I don't, you know, I don't care that there's this virus and (laughs) because we were just so excited to want to meet one another. Right. And I spoke with my husband about it and he's been loving and supportive from the get go, which has been just a blessing. But he said, babe, if you're going to go, this is honestly the time to do it because of course, you know, for us, work had slowed down for like most of, you know, the world, right? And he said, if you're going to go, you're going to go. And so he um, gave me some miles and sent me to Idaho. And it was, uh, it was also good for me to be with my mom during this time as well. And so remember, my mom just lost the love of her life, right? And so I think she was still grieving that. And then, of course, we were going through this. And I think she was also having some new memories that were not good for her. And I think that she had blocked for many, many years. And so she actually went with me to meet my new father, my new stepmother, my sister, one of my brothers, and all of the family that goes along with all those people. Oh, wow. How did that go? It was completely amazing. It was completely amazing. They're they're positive. They're fun. They're a joy to be around. They're funny. Oh my gosh, they're so funny. Everything is a joke and a sarcastic and it's just fun. But they they love fiercely and they're loyal and it's just great. It's just been such a blessing for sure. I can't believe your mom went with did she remember their connection? Oh, yes. You'd said they dated. Well, How- I don't really know that they, quote, dated. I mean, 
funny, loving quote that we have in our family now is the 70s were a different time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I can can say that I was a 70s love child. Yes. And at first I didn't really appreciate that. But now I'm like, oh, it's just funny and it is what it is, right? But um, I think, you know, I can't speak for her. I love my mom. But I think maybe she was curious as well. And I think she maybe wanted to see what they were all about to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I think there was also a motherly protection there as well. My biological father changed a lot and for the better in the last 20 years. And so I think she also wanted to make sure that this person was definitely who they said that they were. Um, You know, even though I was 41 years old, I think she wanted to make sure that I was still in good hands, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I think she was also curious as well and wanted to see what everyone was like. So then looking back, I think if, you know, if there was ever a situation where my daughter was in something similar, which she would never be, but you know, I would want to be with her, right? Looking back, I'm like, that makes sense that she would want to be with me. And so, yes, it was hard for her. Yes, she does remember. She thinks the moment in the moments that were surrounding that evening. Um, and yes, it brought up some memories that she at the time maybe wasn't ready for. Like I said, the grief that she was still having and still has over my dad, maybe not the best timing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. She was probably about... 18 or a teenager at the time of your conception? She was 20. Hold on. Let me think here. She was 23. Oh, okay. 23. Mm-hmm. Young. She, she had just gotten um, done with her first relationship from her mm-hmm. first marriage. Oh, that's right. Okay. Was she married to your birth certificate father at the time? At the time? I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. I'll have to look into that. Mm. I want to say yes, but I'm not completely positive. But that was who she was, quote, with, if that makes sense, when I was born. Yes, yes. Your birth certificate father, I know he's not in your life, thank God. Does he know any of this? Did did he know uh, you had a different bio father? Does he know now? No. He never knew and he doesn't know now. Yeah. And he doesn't need to be in your life at all, it sounds like. There's really no reason that he would or need to know. I have zero tolerance for anyone that abuses a child. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you are really connecting with this, your biological paternal family. They sound lovely. You call them fun and funny. I love how you say they love fiercely. Yes. So um, it's kind of crazy how I moved from my home state. And then a year later, I find out that most of my family is in my home state. There was some grief there for sure that I had 41 years in the same state. Um, Get this, my sister, where she currently lives, if you stand in her front yard, you can see my old backyard that I was raised in. Really? So we, and it's a small town, right? So it's like crazy to think about. I mean, I have an older brother that's six months older. Oh. 
And they were always in the same town that I was in. Mm. <laughs> the fair, the mall, the movies. I mean, I'm just thinking about all the community events, you know? Yep. Didn't know them. That is crazy. And my family, my biological father, his dad was very well known in the community. Um, he was a reporter for the local TV station and was like very popular, just saying his name out loud and people know who this man is. And so um, all the kiddos, you know, with the same last name, it was just interesting. It was very interesting how that whole time I was in that area and then I move and then my dad passes away. And then I find out about this family that was there the whole time. And this may be a sensitive topic, but you did say your new stepmom is wonderful. How did she feel about finding out her husband had another child? It sounds like one of her sons is only six months older than you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So my sibling's mom. Was um, she pregnant? You... Well, let me think about this. So my sibling's mom, <laughs> yeah. So sh- it was a very tumultuous end to her relationship with my biological father. Very tumultuous. So, and he, you know, he made some choices at the time that maybe he shouldn't have made and he regrets. When she found out about me, there was definitely some feelings there for sure. And she was quick to tell me some of those feelings But at the same time, I also had compassion because how could she not? How could she not have those feelings? How could she not feel once again, those feelings of betrayal and those feelings of hurt when the person that was created out of her wedlock, basically, right, was standing right in front of her. But it was also a moment where I could say to her, how do you think it makes me feel when I never asked for any of it. And I never, I mean, I was never invited to that whole deal, right? It was just something that happened. And she actually is wonderful. Mm. And I mean, she has to be the, her three kids that she, that she raised. And I should be clear when I said I had three brothers and one sister, one of the brothers actually committed suicide before I got to meet him. So he was young when he committed suicide and I never actually got to meet him, but the two brothers and sister that I have met, she did an amazing job with them. Um, They are responsible and dependable and have integrity and they love Jesus and they love her. I mean, gosh, they're so protective of their mother and they've all forgiven their biological father for some of the choices that he's made. So she did an amazing job as a mother mm. with them, for sure. Mm. And her and I um, are very, you know, loving with each other when we see each other. Um, the great thing is, is that this family, when they do things together, not only is their mom invited, but my mom's invited, their biological dad, my biological dad, right? Mm-hmm. And his wife are all invited and they all do things together because it's all about family. It's not about holding grudges and it's not about, you know, lack of forgiveness. And so that's been a pretty wonderful thing. And then my husband has also taken it upon himself to form great relationships with, you know, his brother-in-law and, 
you know, we do things like traveling together and going to sports games together. And so it's been, it's been great. It's been really good. That is pretty amazing that everyone gets together as a group and. Isn't it? Oh, that, yeah. That, love to hear stuff like that. I feel like a good word to describe that is mature. Right. Very. Right. It's yeah. not about you. It's about everyone else and mm. the kids and the cousins and yeah. What sort of things have you done for your healing after finding out that you are an NPE? You know, Lily, thank you for asking that because you automatically knew that there was healing to be had because as an NPE, you get it. At first, I think it was like the five, you know, steps of grief. It was like, how did I not know this? And this isn't fair. And I wasn't science in place when I was younger and, you know, blaming others and things like that. Ironically enough, I took a grief class three years ago through a local church. And I thought when I signed up for it that I was just taking it because I was grieving my dad who raised me. And come to find out that a lot of the questions that were asked and a lot of the work that we did, also, I found a lot of it was around the grieving of not having my original family. And I was so thankful that I took that class because it brought out a lot of things that I didn't realize was there. And I've always been big on journaling anyway. I've got quite a few notebooks that probably need to be transcribed at some point. But that class helped me understand what questions I needed to be answering in my journals and how to handle you know, some of that information that came up in my heart and not have misguided anger about the information that I was, that I was working through, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. So I did go to a therapist for a short period of time, but honestly, I feel like the class was, was the best and it was weekly for like 12 weeks. And it was one of those things where you go to class and it's like, you got to work on this. It's right in front of you, you know, mm-hmm. and you were called on and you had to be ready to prepared with answers. And so that was helpful. So. Oh, that sounds like such a good idea because it definitely is grieving what you had thought was the truth, what you had thought you had known about your original family. Yes. And that was another question that I felt like I spent a lot of time contemplating what is the truth. I'm thinking about writing a book about my experience. I have a whole nother chapter on infertility, embryo placement, and, you know, conception, that kind of thing that I went through with my own, with my husband and my own fertility journal or a journey. And I feel like some point that DNA will also (laughs) be truthful sometime in my future uh, because of those embryos that are out there. And so I think that my own DNA journey and how I was originated would make a great book in the fact that I created life for other people as well. And so I helped start their originating story, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so there, I think that part has been healing as well, knowing that, you know, I didn't have the basic start to life 
you know, like some people do. And it was eventful, <laughs> but that I was able to find the good and the positive in it. And, and hopefully then my embryos that I created with my husband will help someone else have, you know, a good and positive story for their origin as well. Jess, if people wanted to reach out to you and if they have any questions or want to reach out with a supportive email, how could they do that? And could they do that? Yes, I'm good with that. Um, my email is J-E-S-S-M-A-I-N-E-G at gmail.com. Jess Main G at gmail.com. I will put your email address down below if you want to scroll down to see how to reach Jess. Jess, thank you very much for coming on, being so honest and, and sharing your NPE story today. I really appreciate you. Thanks, Lily. Thanks for having me. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.